we can until we get a, until we get our new class. Of course, today is a beautiful day, and we could have totally been outside, and the, that's how God works. But it's uh, um, but for for what we're talking about today, I very much wanted to uh, talk to the high school, to the eleventh twelfth grade class about this. But then I realized that um, is it working? Okay. Um, but I also realized that this is a talk that uh, I have the clicker anyway. Um, uh, this is something that I wanted everybody to talk about, and it might actually make itself manifest, manifest itself in, while we're talking in here as to why I think this is for everybody. Uh, and I don't, give, I don't give the adult talk often. I don't even really, as much as uh, I'm with the, the 11th, 12th graders now uh, and the high schoolers, I don't give a lot of lessons to them as well. But when I do... It's mainly because I've been thinking about something for a long time and I gotta get it off my chest, right? Or it's like something I've been thinking about a lot and I wanna express and, and what I wanna make sure that we're talking about today is something that we can uh, uh, not just solve a problem today, but just something that we can meditate on, have some opening thoughts about, and then as we leave here, we can think more and more about this and, and, and as we go. Because something's been really, um, kind of on my mind a lot lately, especially when we've been, I've been hearing a lot of the talks from the other adult meetings and, and another, uh, uh, other servants as the last few months. I've been hearing the similar talks over and over again. And while I'm hearing all these similar talks, I also at the same time, this is the height of sports season. This is like fall sports season, right? Every sport's happening right now in the, uh, in the country, right? It's like college basketball, college football. You know, we even had an archdeacon wearing his college football team's uh, uh, beanie today during the liturgy, right? That's how important, that's how important this is uh, at the time, right? See? Uh, it's, 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 this is the height of everyone's sports season. If you guys know that I'm, I'm, in, I'm in sports, so I think about this a lot. And we have a saying in sports that, that we consistently use over and over again. If you hear coach speak or, you know, coaches give press conferences or, or athletes speaking in, in, in or after games, you'll constantly hear them saying something to the extent of like, well, if we just stick to the fundamentals, right? If we stick to the fundamentals, we're going to be okay, especially like in the preseason time, right? If we work on our fundamentals, we're, we're going to be all right, right? And if, we, and if we perfect the fundamentals, then we're going to be okay, right? And then anytime things go bad or things go wrong, they always say, well, let, we just need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to the fundamentals. We need to get back to the things that we do well, these basic, these basic things we do well. So originally what I wanted to talk about was say, would say something instead of like, you know, how we can stick to the fundamentals. I think in Christianity... The word fundamental has a little bit been co-opted, right, in, in, our, in our time, and it's, 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 it's maybe has a different meaning in what it is. Um, so I'll use the word basic, but I'll flip back and forth from basic and fundamentals uh, to, as to where we're at. And I think one thing that I struggle with, and I think we all struggle with is, as, as humans and as Christians, trying to be Christian and trying to live an orthodox life, is we tend to overcomplicate things daily. Like our mission sometimes in life feels like we want to wake up and overcomplicate our lives to the extent that we possibly can. How much effort can I put in to overcomplicating, complicating my life? And we lose the spirit of the purpose of the things that we do, right? And this happens all the time. It, doesn't, it happens in our church. It happens with, with each other. It happens on an interpersonal level. It happens on a, on a, on a team level. It happens on every, at an organizational level, the places that you work, right? We think we lose the focus as to why we're doing what we're doing all the time. And it's something that I, I can see, I see it happening to me, I see it happening to us, I see it happening to every aspect that this touches. And we, know, and we know what this looks like, right? We know when we lose fundamentals, we know what this looks like. When we lose like the concept of the core of what we're doing, we, we know what it looks like. We know what it looks like in a relationship, right? 
Like even in, our, in any relationship that we have, your spouse, siblings, whatever, right? You have a spouse who all of a sudden says, listen, I, I would really, I really want to buy you flowers today. There's no any other reason. I'm going to ignore you for the next five days, but you're going to get flowers on Sunday, right? You go to your kids and you say, listen, I'm going to plan this huge trip to Cancun. We're all going to go on a family trip to Cancun. We're going to have this awesome vacation, right? But, oh, you need a ride to soccer practice? Uh, I'm not around. Uh, you need help with your homework? Eh, we'll see, you know? Talk to, uh, talk to the nanny, right? But, but I'm taking you to Cancun. Don't worry about it. That big thing is coming later. What's the fundamental thing we're missing? And why do relationships fall apart? Because we miss the fundamental, the basic part of the relationship. I just, want you to be, I just wanted you here. I just wanted you to be present. I just wanted you to be around. But instead of being around, we say, listen, I'm going to make this grand gesture, and that'll make up for the fact that I'm not around. Right? I'm going to make up for this thing by doing something else. And we're consistently missing the point here. And I think this is the opposite of what orthodoxy is about. So when I think about, when I think about sports, when I think about the teams I've had to coach, when I think about the groups, like, and I'm still looking right at you guys, uh, 11th, 12th graders. When I, think, when I think about us and the things that we do together and activities we do, we're consistently talking about trying to go from wherever we've ended up back to the fundamental aspect of what we're trying to do. That's literally the point of every retreat, right? Why do we, we go on the retreats, right, when we go on these trips? When we go these things, like, we have to come back here because we have to remember, right, how do we get back to being a fun, get back to our fundamentals? How do we get back to our basics? And what do these, these fundamentals look like like some, seri some serious things, right? We always, they, they look boring, right? So you guys who play high school sports and high, play, play high school instrument or in your band, what's the most boring thing you have to do in this? To practice, right? And in that practice, the most basic thing in practice, it's, it's terrible, right? Luke and Jacob, how many times do you have to do defensive sliding in practice right now for your basketball teams? And how much fun is that? When you go to basketball practice, when they say, all right, listen, we're gonna scrimmage, we're gonna play five on five and we're gonna go play. That sounds like a lot of fun, right? But when coach is like, listen, you can go 45 minutes, defensive sliding, right? You're going to bend over, you're going to get in this crouch position, and you have to slide your feet over and over again, right? Left and right and change directions over and over. Your coaches make you do that, right? Why do they make you do that? When you play football, all right, uh, uh, on your football teams, when you go to band practice, are they telling you, listen, you're going to learn the guitar, but I need you to go learn Stairway to Heaven uh, by Led Zeppelin first, or are they telling you, first learn how to do the A chord before you do this, right? If you can't play the basic chords on your guitar, are you going to play the most complicated song uh, out there on your guitar? No. Are they going to let you play five-on-five five and scrimmage and practice if you can't move your feet and defensively slide? And then you're going to turn around and say, well, coach, I don't get playing time. Well, coach, I would love to be in the school band, right? I would love to be in the musical. I would love to do this, but I, don't, I can't even say the one chord that I need to get there. You're missing the point, right? And then we tend to laugh at people who don't have the fundamentals, right? You ever watch a basketball game and then see an NBA player miss a free throw and you laugh? My dad was king of this. How could they possibly miss this free throw, right? And they would just joke, right? All our dads, you know? We make fun of the guy who can miss the, miss, miss the free throw. You get paid millions of dollars and you're missing a free throw, right? You can't even do the basic thing. This guy was $45 million a year, right? We laugh at these things. We also don't trust experts who, don't have, who lack fundamentals. So you could be the smartest person in the world and if you can't execute the most fundamental thing in your field, we lose trust for these people. You go to a doctor who has every degree from every Ivy League school on their wall, right? But then they have no bedside manner. Are you going to go back to that doctor? I am the leading expert in this research field. And then you walk up to them and you go to their office and they make you feel terrible. <laughs> they make you feel like this is not a place I'm going to heal. You will quickly go find another doctor, right? Because what's the fundamental core of being a doctor? What's, what's their fundamental aspect of it? To be there to help you. 
to help you heal, to be there for you, to aid you in your illness. But instead, right, it's like, well, listen, I got this great degree, so listen, I can be a jerk to you. It's all right. Yeah? We miss, we're missing the point, and this happens all the time. We don't trust, the, we don't trust experts when we, when we see this. And we then, when, we time, when it's time for us to do the repetition, and when it's time for us to do the fundamentals, what do you tell your coach? What do you tell your band teacher? What do you tell them? Hey, man, this is boring. This is boring. I don't want to do this. I'm bored. Can we do the fun stuff? Can we get to the fun stuff? Can we get to the good stuff? Where's the good stuff? Right? And we notice, we notice, we notice when teams, when organizations, when institutions, right, when people lack these, these fundamentals, when they lack something basic in this. And I'll give you the, the, the kind of secular thing that I was thinking about in this, right? Every a strong, fundamental people and organizations, they don't overcomplicate, they don't overthink, they don't overdo, they don't overreact, right? They don't overspeak. They don't complain when it's time to do something over and over and over again. I put in and out on there. If we went to in and out after here, would you know exactly what's on the menu when we went to in and out after this? You would know exactly what's on the menu. Can you imagine working for in and out and then walking into a staff meeting one day and then saying, you know what, guys, I have an idea. I think we should start having chili burgers. Let's start putting chili in our burgers. What would the leadership at in and out do for you as an employee? You'd get fired on the spot. And we don't do chili burgers here, man. We make burgers. We know exactly what we do, and they do it well, and they do it over and over and over again, and we know what to expect when we get there, right? We know exactly what to expect when we get there. You get laughed out of the room. This is not your job, right? We don't sell tacos here, right? This is an announcer. Please go somewhere else, right? Remember, what the, did everybody know that guy on the, on the far right? This is how we're, I'm, I'm going to start realizing our age here in a little bit. You guys know, know who that is, basketball guys? You know who Tim Duncan is? What was his nickname? What was Tim Duncan's nickname? I heard someone's, I heard Uncle, heard Uncle Drew say it. Huh? He was the big fundamental. He was the big fundamental. You know what they say about him? He's a boring guy to watch play basketball. But that was his nickname, he was the big fundamental. Why? Because when he played, when he played this game, he would bank in every shot. You know what it means to bank in? Like use the backboard, right? So his classic shot was, I'm going to use the backboard to put the ball in, right? And over and over again, four championships, Hall of Fame, right? One of the greatest players ever to play the game. Nobody really knows, but your generation is going to hardly hear about him, right? Because you guys don't remember, because we want to see Steph Curry shoot a three-pointer from half court, right? Because that's way cooler, right? Because when you shoot from the logo, that's the new thing, right? I want to shoot from the logo in, in the game, right? The big fundamental, eh, he's boring, right? He's a boring guy, right? But we miss this overnight. You guys, you, I'm not bearing the lead here. I'm being very direct. I'm going to tell you exactly the point of this as we're going, right? Is that we continually miss the point. The point isn't that. And now we have a generation of... Steph Curry's, right? So when you go to basketball practice, what do you guys do when you go to basketball practice? Everybody just starts shooting threes from 75 feet away, right? You all do it. You're laughing because you do it, right? Because everybody shows up and everyone's just chuck chucking threes right from there. But do you guys know what he has to do to get to that point? You know what Steph Curry has to do to be able to shoot 75 th you know, foot threes? Or, you know, that's an exaggeration, right? But oh, that's only every once in a while. But like 35, 40 foot threes? You know what he has to do every day? Every day he has to go to the front of the basket and with one hand, right? go two feet and shoot, and shoot his shot. Right in front, two feet there, and then he takes two steps back and then goes. I challenge you to actually read and look a little more about like what his habits are, what his training habits are, and what those guys did. Before Kobe passed away, he used to, he used to train at UC Irvine in the Ark, those of you guys who, who, are, who are obeyed. Kobe used to train in there all the time. He, he used to live in the area. Every day, he'd put up a 1,000 jumpers just to wake up in the morning. 
Just to wake up, he'd put up a thousand jumpers. But then people would see him do something ridiculous on the court, something incredibly fancy, incredibly complicated, right? Something that nobody else could do, but nobody saw that at 5 a.m. that morning he was at UCI, right? Putting up, putting up a thousand jumpers. But we want to jump to the complicated thing before we could do the basic thing. We don't, we don't see this over and over again. What are the fundamentals of what we're trying to do? So when organizations miss, when institutions and organizations and groups of people miss on these fundamentals, we tend to laugh, right? We tend to laugh, but take this inward for a minute. You know, take this inward for a minute and see what it means to be able to do this. Think about Christ, because isn't that what this is about, right? Think about what were the basic attributes of Christ. And if it goes without saying that the purpose of us being in an Orthodox church and growing up in an Orthodox community is to be Christ-like. That that's the number one. How can we be Christ-like? Again, in sports, everywhere I go, I would always see these uh, uh, bracelets. You guys still see them. Some of you are probably wearing one right now, right? Wearing a bracelet that says, what would Jesus do, right? WWJ do. Is somebody wearing one of those? No? It doesn't say, what would Jesus say? It doesn't say WWJS, right? It doesn't say, what would Jesus say in this situation? So what would Jesus do in this situation? Because what, what was the fundamental thing that, that Jesus was? He was human. He came here. More people have written about what Jesus said than what he actually said. How many sermons did Jesus actually give? How many like sermons? How many times did he sell out Staples Center right, and put 40,000 people in there to talk, talk to? How many times? Am I wrong, Archie? Tell me. Five, six big sermons that, that Christ gave in his life, right? right? He did more. There are the, the, the works of Christ, they have been told, we've been told, right, that the works, his works that he has done could fill volumes and volumes of, like un, unlimited pages could be written about his works. But in terms of the things that he actually said, right, the words that came out of his mouth, it's limited. So what does that say about us? If we're trying to be this, right? He gave us, in his five, six direct sermons he gave us, he gave us the Beatitudes. He told us, be meek, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. He didn't say, blessed are those who speak about peace. Blessed are those who write academic journals about peace. Right? He didn't say, blessed are those who came and wrote this awesome book about peace. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, those who are actually doing, those who are actually working, those who are doing, doing the job. Right? God didn't say, I'm going to send my only begotten son down to publish 25 academic journals to be you know, in this place so that everybody could read them at any point. It was the work that was done. It was the fundamental work, the, these basic fundamentals that we continually miss every, every single time. Right? And there's a reason why, and there's a lot of wisdom in our church, and there's a lot of wisdom in, 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 in orthodoxy as to why we continuously do the fundamentals and why we continually repeat these things. They're built on repetition for a reason, right? Every time we get older, information hits us differently as we age, right? As we get older, every time we age, information hits us differently every single time, right? Why is that? Because I'm a different person every time. I'm a different person right now than I was five minutes ago. I'm a different person than I was yesterday. I'm certainly a different person than I was when I was in high school, than when I was in middle school, when I was younger. So every time I'm given the same information, it changes me. People ask me all the time, well, what, and even people in this church come and say, how, how can my son or daughter excel in sports? Or, you know, how can they become better in this thing? And it's always surprising when I tell people, right, when I have these talks, is, well, what can they do fundamentally? Imagine, Mayor, someone came to you and said, hey, I want, to, uh, I want to play hockey. What's the first thing you're going to ask him? 
boom. You know what she said? You want to play hockey? What are you going to do? You got to skate. You got to learn how to skate, right? Imagine trying to play ice hockey if you don't know how to skate, right? So first thing people come to me, they get surprised when I say the things that we teach when I, when I talk about what we've done at the Olympics or at the, at, the, at the highest level of competition. The things that we teach our Olympians are the exact same thing that we teach the 12-year-olds. They're literally the same, and, and we don't understand that. We miss this every time, right? Why is it that the same technical lesson we give in sport to the 12-year-old, 14-year-old, 16-year-old, 18-year-old is the same as we give to the, to, the, to the Olympic team? I would think about this all the time. I used to send film sessions with our, with our, with our uh, uh, Olympic teams, and I would think, I'm ready to hear the good stuff. This is the stuff I've been missing. This is the crazy, high-level, technical stuff that I've been missing in this time, right? And then the, the very first time I sat in this film session with an Olympic team, you know what we were telling the kids, kids the, the athletes in the water? Look at how you're swimming. You're swimming with your head down. You're not swimming with your head up. If you don't swim with your head up in the pool, you're not going to be able to see the ball. If you can't see the ball, you can't play the game. This was literally the lesson given, right, in three weeks, three weeks before a world championship game. In, 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 and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I missing? I thought we were going to talk about like the crazy plays we were going to run and we're talking about all these different tactics and there's a sir please swim with your head up so you can see the ball right so you can play this game effectively it's wild right and we don't think about what we teach the young ones same thing we teach that we teach it's the same progression that we go the whole way and we also make a huge mistake in institutions and in schools in sports and in church we do the same thing in all their institutions we make the mistake that because we think that there's something more complex or higher that needs to be told to the older athletes and to the older people that we need to send our best teachers and we need to send our best instructors to the top. And then we as instructors sometimes think, I want to go teach the high school kids, right? I want to go coach the Olympic team. I want to go teach, you know, that thing. Because we want to teach because we think that's where the cool stuff is. We think that's where the interesting material is. The most well-performing, high-performing organizations and institutions of the world put their best teachers, their best instructors, flip it on its head and go to the youngest groups. So I consistently, when I go consult organizations in this thing, and I say, where are your best teachers? Where are your best workers? Where are your best leaders? And they're like, oh yeah, they're here in this back room doing strategy. And I'm like, well yeah, because they're now, and your whole group and your whole organization, your whole team has missed out as terrible at fundamentals, can't execute anything basically because you're hiding your best teachers in the room because you think that's where they should be. Every one of us should strive to go teach these little ones right now. Every one of us should strive to get to the youngest age group to help teach them. And this is a basic function, not just within the church, but within anything that we do, right? Anything that we, any organization that we're with, any group that we're with, any family that you're in, a one day you'll learn when you're older. Have you find yourself saying this as a parent? Well, when you're older, you'll understand because this is a complex thing that we got to get to because we miss these. My wife, Dr. Anna, who will, you'll hear speak again in a couple weeks, right? She reminds me of this, that as we repeat in these fundamentals, that we strengthen neural pathways, that things can become more complex as we get older because of our ability to, to receive the information for the first time. She read the Thanksgiving prayer to us in a meeting a couple weeks ago. I've read the Thanksgiving prayer in the Agabeya I don't know, countless times in our life, Mary, right, that we've read this prayer. It's a million times, let's say, in our life we've read, we've read this thing. And I was as if I was reading it and hearing it, someone listening, listening to someone say it for the first time. And that's the wisdom of our church. There's a wisdom within the church 
They don't say, you're going to say in the first hour, the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth, you're going to say, let us give thanks all day long. And not just all day long, but every day. And then seven days a week. And 30 to 31 days a month. And 365 days a year, right? And the year's going to repeat. And we're going to do it over and over and over again. And what did we say to ourselves when we were younger as kids? And even say now, I know that story. I know the story of that saint. I've said this prayer before, right? I've done this before. I've done this already. But have we? This is the progression of the, this is what the repetition is. This is what the fundamental, the fundamental is, is that it's going to hit you and it's going to become more complex and your neural pathways and your experience will grow and become more mature when you do the same thing and you hear this lesson in your life as a time. And that's the real, the, the true wisdom of the church. And again, we think about things differently too. We do this right now, right? We think we're doing this right now. This is why I said this would be relevant today. That some, for some reason that the adult meeting is different than the 11th, 12th grade class. Because what we need to tell the 11th to 12th graders, may, they may not understand what's in the adult meeting over here, right? The adult meeting is here, and 11th and 12th is here, right? And 9th and 10th is here, and 7th and 8th is here, and everybody has to progress through all these things because what we're learning at the highest level, we gotta go. We've sat in countless meetings, countless meetings are like, how are we, are we giving a hard enough uh, curriculum for the 11th to 12th graders and the 9th and 10th? Are we giving them a hard enough spiritual curriculum for this? Are they getting the good stuff? What's the good stuff? Someone tell me what the good stuff is. Is it different than the fundamental aspects of Christ that we just described? That I, in two seconds, in one of his handful of sermons? Someone tell me what the good stuff is. Because if we don't have the good stuff, we miss it, right? And we think we want to overcomplicate it. So what we're doing when we say that is we want to have the Cancun vacation for these kids without being there for them in the first place, without being present for them, right? Going back to some of those early examples. And this is what the wisdom of the church gives us. And what we have been socialized to as humans on earth, and not being dead to the world yet, is we think these things take a long time. And we think all these things are long and boring because time is a social construct. We've made this up in our head. I'm tired of reading the same thing over and over again. My time keeps going. Man, I'm bored. Give me something interesting. And you may need it. And you may need it. But this is what the church gives us. And this is why it's daily and consistently repeats because it gets us there. We've consistently now in all these talks have referenced Father Boyle uh, more than once, right? And if you don't know uh, Father Boyle yet, because every servant has now brought him up or referenced him in the last, uh, you know, two, two years here, right? Catholic priest, homeboy industries. Okay, just that's my five seconds. Go back to, uh, to, to, to Father Boyle. But Father Boyle said something really, really profound, right? He says, we settle for the look of holiness rather than the likes of it. Let me make sure that the church let me make sure that the curriculum, let me make sure that my behavior, let me make sure what I'm wearing, what we're doing, looks exactly like what it should be holy. But we settle for this as opposed to the actual root of it. Right? The look of holiness, we preach with our words. We make it look good, right? That's the Sunday school progression we were talking about. Father Boyle had four basic fundamentals for, for Christianity that he, met, he says when he gives talks. Four, four things he said. These are the four basic things. If you do this here, this is what Christianity is about. It was compassion and acceptance. It was inclusion, nonviolence, and unconditional love and kindness. I'll say this again. Unconditional love and backwards. Unconditional love and kindness, nonviolence, inclusion, and compassion and acceptance. He didn't say, <coughs> excuse me. He didn't say, hey, this is uh, a really complicated thing that we need to go do. It's four things right? Four basic things. 
And that's what Father Boyle brought for us. When he talks about Homeboy Industries, when he talks about what he does with the gangsters, you know what he says? When he brings them in, he says, we go break bread. Not at Homeboy Industries, we do this, we make all this complicated. No, we bake bread. That's what we do, we just go bake bread. You want to bake bread? Come with me, right? Simple, simple things, basic things, right? But instead, this is what we have now. But instead, this is what we have now. Can you see this? Ask me about the Nicene Creed. Hashtag orthodoxy. That's what the shirt, this is not, I didn't write, I didn't make this up. I pulled this directly offline. I found this myself in my own search. Right? This is real. And if I'm offending you because you own this t-shirt or you're wearing it, my apologies. We can talk about this afterwards. <laughs> I, got, I got plenty to talk to you about. Ask me about the Nicene Creed, bro. What do you know about the Nicene Creed? What do you know about the Ecumenical Council? That's where we're going, guys. We're go this is the direction we're going. The direction we're going in is talk to me about the Nicene Creed. Tell me, ask me about it. This is the ortho bro. Ladies, put mace in your purse, wherever you go. Be aware of the ortho bro, right? The ortho bro's coming, right? I, if, you need, if you need mace, you need brass knuckles, you need something near, just, this is the, something we need to stay away from. Huh? Ask me about the night. Can you imagine if Jesus was on earth and wore a t-shirt and said, ask me about my dad? Think about that. Jesus walked around Galilee and said, listen, just ask me about my dad. Just ask me. If you ask me about my dad, I'll tell you. Let that sink for a second. <laughs> but we do that now, right? Let me tell you about orthodoxy. Hashtag orthodoxy, right? Hashtag Coptic Orthodox, right? Look at the saints. St. Herman of Alaska, right, says this. Look at the saints. They're not all hermits. They weren't all monks. We don't romanticize. We don't romanticize. We romanticize the saints, right? They weren't like us at first. They were not sinless. They were also engaged in worldly affairs and cares and duties. And many of them had family as well. But while they were doing their worldly occupations and duties, they did not forget their duties as a Christian, the basic fundamental duties as a Christian. And while living in the world, they made their way into the kingdom of heaven and often led others with them as well. Sorry, I said St. Herman, St. Innocent, right? I pulled this from St. Herman uh, of Alaska Brotherhood, right? There's, a, there's a, lot of good, a lot of good content, right? Look at the saints. When we have the saints uh, around us right now, we have the saints in our presence, and we look at them, we don't say... Look, we, sometimes we do this, right? We sometimes we look at the saints and we say, man, what these are just these amazing people who live this transcendent life their whole time, right? It's the opposite. You know what a saint is? The saint is somebody who worked their tail off to execute the fundamental aspects of Christianity. That's what a saint is. A saint is someone who did everything they could to execute the fundamentals, to do it right, basic, just to do the basic thing. That's what the saint is. But instead we romanticize it. That's something I can never become. That's something I have to leave. No, in their jobs, they all had jobs. They all had duties. They all had families, right? They had people that they were responsible for. And within that concept and within that work, they were able to bring people to Christ. And then themselves took it. They didn't serve. They served to be taken to, them, to themselves. Father Seraphim Rose in the same uh, uh, St. Herman of Alaska Brotherhood. St. Father Seraphim Rose, there's great stories of him where people would come to him in church and they'd say, uh, Father, I really want to read uh, the Philokalia, or I want to read on the Incarnation. I want to read this, like, really complicated thing. And you know what Father Sever, Father Sever would look back and be like, why don't you go read Charles Dickens? Why don't you go read the Hom Homer? Why don't you go read the Iliad? You know? Be normal. Why don't you be normal for a little bit, right? Read something that you can sit with someone else with at your table, relate with them, execute the fundamentals and basics of being a Christian in your daily duties, and that person will come with you. And you'll find Christ that way. You don't need to go, you don't need to go shoot the, the shot from half court to be a good basketball player. 
just do the basic, be normal, be human. And he would say that, he would say be normal. It's a whole other conversation, there's a lot to this, right? Say be normal. And he would say, you know, he'd say stuff like don't, you know, this is different. When we say be normal, right? Go read, go read Homer, go read the other, go read Charles Dickens, right? Because as opposed to someone, if I, if I walked up to you right now and I didn't meet you, and I said, listen, I'd love to talk to you about how you can avoid eternal damnation. You wanna talk? Are you gonna talk to me? When someone knocks on your door with a name tag and a suit and tie and they rode their bike and then they say, what are they saying? Listen, I'd love to talk to you how you can avoid hell for the rest of your life. You're probably going there, but I'd love to talk to you a little more about it if you have five minutes. You can let that person in your house? We do this all the time. We're like, yeah, we're okay. You know, we'll be all right. You guys have a wonderful day. I don't want to be mean, right? But you're going to go. Father Seraphim would say, just be normal. We don't need, you don't need to hit the home run. You don't need to go all the way. You don't need to hit this long shot. Just do the basic things. He said, do the basic thing. For what are the saints? For what are the saints? So when the last thing I want to do for us is I just want us to meditate for 30 seconds. If we could think about this for 30 seconds and close our eyes and think about what, what basic characteristic of Christ do I want to try and have? Of all the things that I'm going to do in my life, like what basic characteristic of Christ can I have? We do that for 30 seconds, we pray, we try to get that, and then we walk out. So let's close our eyes. I'll count to 30 in my head. And let's pray about this. And for me in those 30 seconds, that becomes a, the example of why time is a social construct. Because for some people, that 30 seconds was horrific, right? It was like, I can't do this, right? But for 30 seconds, you just have to pray. Like, and you can, you don't have to, we're not going to share aloud, or, but you can leave and think about what that basic characteristic is. And I could share, I'll share with you what mine is. I just want to be human, because Christ was human, embraced his humanity. And I want to be present. I just want to be here. I want to try to my best to be present. And I be human and be present. Basic characteristics of what we're looking for. And I say this in, in a wealth of hypocrisy. Right? More was written about Jesus than what Jesus said. So every time we're with the, when our jobs, with each other, with our Sunday school classes, with all, this, all of us as servants and everything that we're doing, right? our goal should be to live in an orthodox way. This is why even today, no matter what I say, I'm just saying this. I'm just saying this so that maybe you have something to think about when you leave. It doesn't matter what I say. It's more what we're doing, right? I fear to read this slide and then get excommunicated. So I'll leave it up and you can read it on your own and, uh, uh, and, and we can think about this as we pray. Glory be to God forever and now.